Welcome to episode 146 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are here live, Castle Wolfenstein. What is that look? It's my face. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a weird looking thing today. It's, it's the way. <laughs> it's, I am not it's helping with this my at face. all. <laughs> so I am here. Uh, and as always, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. I'm sorry, it's just my face. Like I can't help it. Look like I was born this that's way. That's not how you normally look. You had a different look, and I didn't know what the reason was for it. Hold on, wait. You're just not used to her looking at you incredulously? <laughs> no, it was a different incredulous. I don't buy that. I'm incredulous myself. I don't believe you. We, of course, uh, we are, of course, joined by the man for whom Castle Wolfenstein is named, because without him, we couldn't do this, because this is all his equipment here. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. That's me, everyone. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Shazam was awesome. <laughs> oh. After after we went out and got a nice treat, we had ice cream. Shazam, witches! Yeah. That's not funny. Yeah, it kind of is. To you? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna have a Monster Zero I mean, one day where you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like pass out from laughing. I at your almost jokes. have several times. He's gotten close, but he hasn't quite reached that passed out level yet. I mean, when you say something's funny, I think we all understand that you thought it was funny. Who do you think all of my jokes are for? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand, man. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, joining us again for the second of four shows in uh, consecutive order, uh, powerful Brandon. Hey, everybody. I, how's it going? What's that? No response? Thank you. <laughs> Is that officially a residency now? What do you mean? Like a- like you know, if you're like the the band that plays at a club, you have a residency where you, oh, yeah. you know, keep coming well, I mean, back. Four consecutive oh yeah, episodes. yeah, Ooh, nice. Start charging you rent. Oh well, <laughs> hey, it's been fun, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> so it's it's been mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was wickedly solid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, uh, you know, as as you heard last week, we discussed. Uh, Shazam, Shazoo, <laughs> Shazam, the Shazamily, Shazam. Uh, this week we are discussing another uh, red-hued superhero, and uh, we'll be discussing Hellboy. So, uh, oh, my dad's name was Hugh. Hugh, yeah. I thought you were gonna say your dad's name is Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome. <laughs> I'm working on a nickname though, Mike. <laughs> Anybody seen Down Periscope? Yeah, of course. All right, I'm just making sure. Mike, that boy's <laughs> that boy's absorbed a lot of voltage. What's his name? What's your name? Nitro. Oh, it's an interesting nickname. What's your real name? Nitro. <laughs> Working on a nickname though. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I, I do enjoy that movie. That's. Uh, we're gonna have to do an episode. Yo, on I that. would love to, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking. I just don't think it's good policy for the Navy to hand over a billion-dollar piece of equipment to a man who has welcome aboard tattooed on his penis. (laughs) 
Interesting. That's fucking Bruce Dern yeah, delivering know, right? that line. <laughs> Bruce Dern, Rip Torn, William H. Macy. I know. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that movie. Oh, you know, yeah. Also, the full requirement of Kelsey Grammer. Oh, Kelsey was fucking amazing. And uh, got uh, Lauren Holly and uh, Rob Schneider and, um, oh, fuck, from, uh, from Alien. Oh, what the fuck is his from name? Alien. Hold on. Tom Skerritt? No, it's Tom Skerritt. <laughs> he was also There were in, a lot uh, of guys with mustaches in Down <laughs> Periscope, though, so I get it. He was also in, uh, I want to call it the Wolverines, Red Dawn, the original Red Dawn. Avenged me, boys! Oh, shit. Um, and he was in Avengers. He was the guy talking to the Hulk when the Hulk... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Yes. I was, say, yeah, I was, the I was about Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Well, he's the father in uh, Red Dawn, Red too. Dawn, yeah, yeah. Avenge me, boys. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so he's in it. <laughs> Harlan Williams. That's right. He gives it another 60 RPMs. <laughs> Fuck. <Anyway>. Whiskey. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're talking me, about Hellboy. <laughs> let me, not down let me know. Let me know when you're gonna do that show for sure. Um, Hellboy, <laughs> which does not have anything to do with a submarine or Kelsey Grammer that I am aware of. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking a little bit about the comic background. Uh, we're certainly gonna be touching on the two films because uh, Ashes and I, I, we just rewatched them. She watched them for the first time. That's pretty cool. Uh, I've been. This is one of those like I've been trying to get her to watch them for years. She's like, I'm not watching that. That's stupid. I'm gonna drink wine. Oh, the uh, I, I, I I said part of that. <laughs> I, I believe the drink wine part. That's definitely something I would say. Are the other two mutually exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you not drink the wine and watch the movie? Uh, but she she for the longest time like you got to watch this. You got to watch this now. Well, I mean, I feel like, okay. First of all, why do I sound like that? Like a valley girl? (laughs) Oh, my God. I just want to, like, buy shoes and chew gum. It's so grody. (laughs) Like, gag me with a spoon. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I feel like you stumbled onto a formula to get Ashes to watch movies you want to see. Just say, like, oh, we'll do the podcast about this. Well, that's that's how I'm going to get her to watch Lord of the Rings. Oh, have you not seen Lord she's of the Rings? She's never seen any of them, and she's got actually no. That's a lie. I told you, I went to the, the seeing theater. a poster for one of the movies does not count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually went to the theater to see the first one because so, I thought Orlando Bloom in his wig was hot. So I was in got, like, but then she saw Orlando Bloom out of his wig, and, and I was like, was no, hot. thanks. Oh, I've got the scurvy. <laughs> Two episodes in a row. <laughs> I've got a scurvy coming on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, we are the uh, only podcast that references scurvy in consecutive episodes, and I will find a way to bring it up. In... <laughs> oh, please talk about <laughs> I'm writing it down scurvy as when we talk about Endgame. I am, I am writing that down as That's a note gonna right That's going to be amazing. That's going to be like... You know what? If you can... I will send... The first person to point out in Endgame, this is the contest we're going to run. Oh, I will it is? Send you, yes. Okay. I will send you 25 Series 2 Marvel trading cards, randomly assorted. I will send you 25 of them to the first person who points out when I say scurvy. <laughs> 
and the Avengers Endgame show. So first person to point it out on social media that's Ooh. not on the show. Oh, oh well, I'm out. <laughs> I will send you 25 of those cards. I mean, I'm, do I'm, you have those? I cards? have hundreds of those cards. Oh. I thought he was going to say he was going to send 25 oranges to someone. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, dude, that's I fucking produce. I will send you 25 you milligrams of vitamin D. <laughs> Now I'm gonna I'm gonna make it just difficult. A, just an orange flavored lifesaver. <laughs> I'm gonna say you know different things like you know curvy and swirly. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna say curvy and somebody's like ah, ah. But I'm definitely gonna say scurvy. <laughs> so whoever points it out gets 25 series two Marvel trading cards. First person to point it out. So. Are they going to be 25 different ones? Yes, there'll be 25 <laughs> different cards. Just like all Gambit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just over and over the ultimate nullifier. It's just, it's just just major victory, like Vance Astro, 25 times in a row. U.S. agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy, yeah, created by Mike Magnola through yes. Dark Horse Comics. His friends call him Mikey Miggs. I don't know if that's true, but... I feel like they probably call him uh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great nickname. <laughs> oh, that's oh. how Dom Periscope <laughs> dovetails right into it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Christ. <laughs> Mike, Mike Magnola, uh, yeah, he, he created uh, a, a whole shitload of miniseries mm-hmm. um, uh, for Hellboy, which is a character he actually... Designed based on a true story. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a guy who lived down the street from him. He was, he, uh, he actually suffered from rosacea. <laughs> it was actually a woman. Her name was Helen Boyer. Uh, and she did have a pointed tail, but uh, she was horny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she needed a belt sander to take care of that. Um, he, I guess oh, this he shows off he, the fucking rails. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, before we like get into the background, we have a getting. Say, we into do character have a getting question. into character question for today. Oh, let's do that. Then. <laughs> yeah, let's follow the fucking format. <laughs> I feel like I should not be within arm's reach of ashes right now. Welcome to Patsy's life. <laughs> no, you, that's why you're in between. <laughs> She's gonna slap oh, yeah, you yeah, by proxy because I, I don't I don't deal with this with the tiny German at home. <laughs> Oh, by the way, if she's on it, you have to call her the tiny German. Oh, I will. Please do. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, write it down. Under scurvy, right? Scurvy, tiny German. German. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, we have a getting into character question for today because this installment of Hellboy in the cinematic universe is considered a reboot. Well, it is a reboot. We wanted to know which comic book franchise do you feel deserves a cinematic reboot? Ooh, hold on. So fran- franchise or, or like... Well, like, you know, like who would you X-Men or Fantastic Four or like like what series? Justice League International. I will leave right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a whole... Fucking Justice... JLI. God damn it. The JLN, the Justice League National. JLE, Justice League Europe. No, Dollywood and Euro Dollywood. That's in <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> um, you, you wanna, you wanna. Yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna, because um, we actually kind of touched on this a little bit a few weeks ago, where we said, you know, what character would we like to see 
get their own standalone film. And I had two. The first two that came to mind were Doctor Doom and The Silver Surfer. I would love to see a solo Doctor Doom film starring Christoph Waltz as Doctor Doom. And, you know, in order to have those characters, you know, you kind of got to reboot the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. And what I would like is to actually have a Fantastic Four movie where Doctor Doom is called Doctor Doom and not like something else that... Oh no, it's something else! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, if it's not one thing, it's something Something else. else. You will fear and respect something else, Richards! That seems like there would be like villains on the 1960s Batman show. (laughs) One thing and something else. One thing, something else, and Egghead. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Vincent Price's Egghead. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh. funny that you mentioned the 1960s Batman because that's my choice for a reboot. Is it going to be just as campy? Yes. I want camp. I want colors. I want smack and pow and bam. Zork. Didn't you get that already? <laughs> no. What? I mean, there's been Batman reboots. Well, like, okay. I they mean, kind of tried to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but not. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, but that's not campy. That's okay. We have a deal with McDonald's okay, but, to but, sell okay. toys. Okay, hold on, hold on. I mean, I know the obvious joke here is Batman and Robin, and it was the first thing I thought of. But legitimately, they did do two animated movies with um, Burt Ward and Adam Burt West. Burt Ward and Adam West, as well as William Shatner, debuting as Two Face in the sequel. It was mm-hmm. Batman Return of the Cape, Cape Crusader. And Crusader. <laughs> He's a French chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Shit. Robin. <laughs> no, but like, hear me out. I think a reboot, like, I want it super campy. I want the... Fucking puns tights. galore. Yes. Holy I want, reboot, Batman. I, I want them to be super self-aware, and I want it to star John Hamm as Batman and Michael Sarah as Robin. Why wouldn't you have Patrick Warburton play Batman? Because uh, he's already been the tick. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't like seeing... And I really like yeah, John Ham, and all I can think of is John enough. Hamm in those He is tights. a really funny cat. Because um, you got to get somebody that can also do the... Because, I mean, Adam, Adam West was a handsome man back in the day. Well, that's the thing, was. and, and he, he could really do was. the Bruce Wayne as well as the Batman really well. So um, you kind of need It is kind of funny, just real quick, you bring up the tick when I say Patrick Warburton, because Peter Serafinowicz <sighs> is playing the tick. I on, fucking love Peter Serafinowicz. I'm sorry. The first season that, that, that was on, as soon as I started hearing him speak, I was like, oh, my God. He's just doing an impression of Adam West. Yes. It's brilliant. But I'm sorry, that, that's, that's, that was a... Uh, and aside, um, so John, who would play Robin? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Oh, Michael Sarah. I'm sorry, I missed that. I yeah. missed that. I apologize. Hmm. See, he has that like perpetual boyish charm. Well, I mean, because he's boyish. been 14 for the past <laughs> 22 years, right? I still yeah. remember the first thing I ever saw him in. He, 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 saw him in. he was. He oh, Scott Pilgrim. First thing, really. Yeah. You hadn't seen Arrested Development before that. I still haven't. I saw him as a. Okay. Um, I saw him as a kid. He had a very, very uh, bit part in Frequency, starring Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. Oh, my God, where they were communicating to each other back and Through forth the on the radio. radio. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm putting this stuff in the, yeah. in the, under the floorboards here. He saves here. his dad's life and everything. <sighs> yeah. Fucking, yeah, okay, yeah. 
I um, know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Michael Cera was was in it very briefly, and I remembered when he was on Arrested Development on Fox, I was like, hey, isn't that that fucking kid from Frequency? <laughs> and, of course, I was the only person who knew what I was talking about because no one used IMDb at that point in time. But, uh, all right, so Michael Cera, John Hamm. Anna Kendrick as Catwoman. Not Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah, Aubrey yeah. Plaza. That would be a good... Good choice. Mm, okay. I think she'd be a better Poison Ivy. Uh, really? Aubrey Plaza? Yeah, I think she'd have more fun as Poison Ivy. Have you seen Legion? Not yet. Not. It's on our list, but you we guys just haven't checked it out see yet. We have so Legion. much shit on our list. Like we when, just... you get, when you guys do see Legion, and if you decide to do... Do you know that this third season coming up is its last? Really? They're really? finishing it, yeah. Already? No, yeah, Noah Hawley was just like, oh, yeah, no, we're... We're done. We're finishing it, okay. which I think is um, uh, Professor X is finally going to be in the show. This isn't really a spoiler, so don't worry. Um, he's going to be played by the guy who played uh, Viserys on Game of Thrones. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forget his name, but but uh, it's some people might disagree with me, but I think it's brilliant. It's honestly the best X Men kind of thing that's ever. I been like made. FXX or FX shows to begin with. So, yeah, like it's, they tend it's, to get away with a little more. It's very smart and very weird. Um, but I think Aubrey Plaza would be a really good Poison Ivy. She she does a very like slinky psychopathic thing mm-hmm. in Legion. I think that would loan itself well to playing Poison Ivy. And okay. also, we've never seen Poison Ivy based in like the '60s idea. That's so true. That would yeah. be very interesting to see something yeah, new. It was, it was just like Catwoman, Joker, Penguin, Riddler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that would be that would be something very cool. I think. Um. But Catwoman. That'd be see. I, I like Anna Kendrick for that. Nah, she she's not sultry. Or maybe like enough. an Emma Stone. Emma Stone could do it. Emma Stone could kind of capture like that sultriness with that campiness. Hmm. Especially after seeing her in like Easy A. I would like to see. Mm, I would like to see somebody kind of do a bit more of a throwback to the Eartha Kit. Okay. Catwoman. Yeah. Um, I would love to see what somebody. I don't know. Like, I, I I actually think a a woman of color would be a great idea. Like Octavia Janelle Monet. Uh, maybe Janelle Monet. Oh, oh she's look. Taraji P Henson. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll I, buy it. She has, I'll she buy it. Yeah. yeah. I I mean I love Taraji P Henson. Uh, I've I've been a big fan of hers since I had seen the movie Talk to Me, starring Don Cheadle. I actually remember the first time she walked on screen, I was like, who is that? Um, and I, I actually think she's an incredibly gifted actress. She mm. she pulls the most out of every role she gets. Um, I And she has the right look, I think. No, she, I, I agree with you, yes. You know, I think, yep. she, I think she would have a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's been getting a lot of fun roles as of late, you know? Yeah. She, yeah, she's coming. She She's got a new movie coming out, like... Um, best of enemies or something like that. Yeah, yes. it's another like biopic yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it looks really interesting. You know, um, it, it does. Um, but I, I would love to see her do like an Eartha Kitt style Catwoman. That that would actually, I, I would watch that. I would watch that all together. Right, that'd be, be a lot fun. of fun. I, I just kind of wanted to stray because our comic book movies have gotten so dark. Yeah, I think it would be kind of fun too to see them. I mean, obviously, be self aware, poke fun at themselves, mm-hmm. and I would love to see them go meta and actually like poke fun at the Batusi. Yes. 
why does Batman not dance anymore? <laughs> Remember the Batusi? <laughs> you know, like do a whole whole Batusi thing. You you could probably even get away with a Tarantino esque scene where mm-hmm. you know it's like meta in meta. Like yep. that would be pretty cool. So anyway, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Me? Oh man. If I were to have a movie or a franchise remade a character, that's tough, man. Um, have they made any Batman movies lately? <laughs> I can't think of any. I think Not in the last 30 minutes. No, well, there is one coming out. I know, like, they're like, oh, we've already started filming on Matt Reeves' Batman, <laughs> but we don't have anyone who's playing Batman. It's like... That's sort of tough. It's just going to be a costume. <laughs> just talk to the puppet. It's be like Thunderbirds or Go. Just oh my god, marionetting Batman around. Um, I don't know. It. I think uh, for a, a theatrical. Hmm, who's been done wrong? Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Green Lantern would be a pretty good one. Um, in all honesty, I think. I would cast uh, Terrence Howard as uh, John Stewart, and then for the sequel, replace him with Don Cheadle. He <laughs> <laughs> was cold as ice, man. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, if I, if if you, yeah, you know what, I'll say Green Lantern. Um, but which? Well, I was I was getting to it. Okay. Um, I would I would focus on uh, the Green Lantern core. Um, the DC Comics did something fairly recently where. They had a comic running, and it was called Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, I am of the opinion, and I know there's probably a lot of people out there who would disagree with me, but Hal Jordan is one of the most boring fucking characters on the face of the planet, and if I never had to read another Green Lantern story involving him again, it would still be too soon. But when you put him in a group with other characters, and they all play off one another, then there's a dynamic that works all together. Um, for him and his core group in within the core, uh, it's usually Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner, and John Stewart. Mm-hmm. John Stewart has taken on a bit more of a leadership role where he is essentially doling out assignments to everyone. But he's the and that's because he's uh, the biggest badass. He actually also has the only real, insofar as Earth is in, involved, military experience. He was a Marine. Um, I would want John Stewart played by John Stewart. Oh my god! Uh, I actually think uh, I'd be interested to see John Stewart played by uh, um, Michael Ely. Uh, do you do you know who that is? What's he from? Um, have you seen the show Almost Human that was on Fox? Had uh, no. Carl Urban no. in it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh man, he's got like these piercing blue eyes. Um, very handsome dude. But uh, it was also in Barbershop, apparently. Oh, I, oh yeah, that's right, Barbershop. I forget about that. Too movie. Fast, Too Furious. I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Um, but uh, Guy Gardner, he's a fiery redhead. Um, oh yeah, I recognize him from uh, one of our mutual friends' uh, timeline on Facebook. Okay, posting pictures. Fair, fair enough. I think you know who I'm talking about. Maybe we'll we'll talk later. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, he is a very handsome man. It, but I think he'd be. I'm gonna. That that's who we're talking about. Okay. 
<laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> or in front of it. But <laughs> hey, either way. <laughs> but uh Yeah, I think he would be a really good choice. Yeah, I think he'd be great. Um especially because I always like the idea of whenever they're wearing the rings that their eyes kind of like change color and mm-hmm. he has he already has like such bright eyes. Mm. Um it would lend itself very well to that. Uh And I think he's the right age. Like Yeah, yeah. Stewart's not like a young guy. No. No. And he's 46. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I, I don't hate the idea of someone like Tom Cruise playing Hal Jordan. Eh. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like I want him. I'm saying I don't hate it because the way I'm looking at it is he would not be the full on protagonist. It'd be an ensemble. But he, you know, I know he's not going to run all that much. <laughs> so right away he's like, nope, if I'm not running, I'm not flying in space is like space running. What if he could get around, like, kind of like on a rocket, but it's propelled by a treadmill that he runs on? I mean, I, I, I can dig it. I mean, you're literally like only limited by your imagination. <laughs> so, um, but then you know you have you have the character of Guy Gardner, who's supposed to be like the fist of the Guardians. He's a fiery redhead, and uh, you know, just a full on badass who who lets his temper get the best of him a lot of the time. Uh, a lot of people love throwing Alan, T- Alan Tudyk's name out there. He's if Alan Tudyk is anyone, he's teaming up with Nathan Fillion, and they are got, they are Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. No, I can't agree with that. <laughs> That's they're too old to play that. They, no, they really are. Like de-age them. Li- oh, stop. <laughs> um, no, listen. Uh, with with those characters, the person who should have been cast as Booster Gold was Alan Richson. Uh, he he is the perfect person to play Booster Gold. It'll never happen because he plays Hawk on Titans now. But uh, if you've ever seen Blue Mountain State and you know anything about the character of Booster, you've never seen Blue Mountain State, you would love it, dude. <laughs> I guarantee it. That's um, fair. But uh, he 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 could pull off the goofiness and the the badassery altogether. I think, but um, I think there are other people who say, "What is it, Zach Ward from uh, Titus and in uh, Christmas Story, Christmas Story, and Freddy vs. Jason and Resident Evil?" Oh yes, that is that is correct. Resident Evil Two. Um, I, I but there's another guy. Follows he's, me on Twitter. He's on he's on a show on on Stars and I can't remember his name. Uh, but he's a, he's a he's a tall redheaded guy. Um, is it money or power or something like that? Power. Maybe. Power is the name of a show. Yeah, but he's but if you saw him, you know what I'm talking. About. Like he's just a a big like handsome for a redheaded guy. I can I can take a look and see if I. Yep, that's him, right? Joseph Sakura. Yep, that's him. He plays Tommy Egan. Yeah, that that's who I think would be perfect to play Guy Gardner. Yeah, he's got the look. Yeah, like he definitely give him a crew cut, and Boom. he's got the look. Yeah, yeah, that guy right there. Yeah. Okay. I know you guys can't see him, but you just IMDb along with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would see if DC was smart and they really wanted to have like an expanded universe type yep. thing. Start off, you know, kind of pick up where they left off with, you know, Mark Strong picking up the Sinestro ring. Okay. It doesn't have to be Mark Strong, obviously, because now he's uh, in, in Shazam. 
He's uh, Professor Baldy. Dr. Savannah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> close. Um, and, you know, kind of branch off and go into the, like, you know, similar to how there was a different movie for Marvel as they were collecting the Infinity Stones, like, sort of introduce the different lanterns. Oh, the, the spectrum. Yes, okay. and then just have a massive fucking... And if you really want to get dark and, like, you know, have Tim Burton do the Black Lantern movie. <laughs> like, because I think that would be fucking intense. Mm. Be a lot of skeletons and, like, weird trees. <laughs> oh, can I can I change my answer to Superman Lives? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with Academy Award winner, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, finally the Superman that's just like, oh, no fucking way! <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so those are our choices for what we'd like to see rebooted. Uh, what do you folks out in uh, Radioland think? Um, let us know. You know, we're always interested to hear people's thoughts on this. So uh, I think with that being said, we'll take a, uh, a break. We'll come back. We'll get into our uh, main conversation. So uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. And we are back. So, Ashes. Yes. You just recently watched these two films for the first time. 
So. Yes. I remember you, you. We were watching the second one the other night, and I remember exactly what you said to me. They made two of these. No. <laughs> no. She said, "Do we have Pan's Labyrinth?" Because seeing all these creature designs, I really want to watch Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that because that's one of the things I actually really hate about part two. Yeah, so it's a lot of similarities. Like the death. How about the, to- the, te- the, the tooth fairy tooth deals? Fairies. Yeah. Uh, don't, what is it? Don't be afraid of the dark? Yep. That's like the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, we watched the first one about a week ago, and you had mm-hmm. never had any exposure to Hellboy other than, like, me saying, I can't wait to go see Hellboy. Hellboy. <laughs> um, and I'm like, don't <clears throat> swear in the house. <laughs> His name is Heckman. <laughs> so what was your initial, like, when you saw, like, the backstory and you saw some of the very interesting characters that surrounded him? So it's very fantastical. Um, which is really cool, and it kind of so a lot of the superhero movies that are out now are all human based or or human esque. You know, they, they look like yeah, they look like people. But these movies that that Hellboy, um, you know, movies they. Ha- they were monsters like he's a monster and he's surrounded by he's monsters and I just thought that was such a really interesting take on the superhero concept because here he is he's this demonic looking being his name is fucking Hellboy so you would think to yourself oh, oh my that's God. where they get the name of the movie yeah okay. yeah yeah who would have thunk you know Helen uh, Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was the key grip <laughs> but <laughs> But anyways, With the right hand of doom, you know, it's just it, it kind of uh, what, you know, from these other films doesn't necessarily go in this universe, because in the other films and in the other comics, the monsters are the villains. But in this universe, the monsters aren't necessarily the villains. Sometimes the monsters are fighting with the good guys for justice and whatnot. It's like so you know you John see Hurt Hellboy, says. he's a demon, but he you know uh, doesn't have any type of of real demonic like attributes at all. Okay. Well, it's it's you know and they show him with the cats, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my god, he's going to eat the cats. And Patrick's like, just watch. And he didn't eat the cats, and that was uh, the best. He did get, and then he got mad the cats at the wrapped lady. up like baby Ruths, then you don't have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, it's, it's, again, it's what um, what John Hurt says. And he goes, there are things that go bump in the night, and we are the ones who bump back. I we fucking love that line. Back. But it also goes to the old nature versus nurture thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he is supposed to bring about the end of the world. That's what every bad guy says all the time because of his right hand of doom. And because he was he grew up with Dr. Broom and he was taught like, you know, you don't need to bring about the end of the world if you don't want to. Like 
Right. He wants to do good. I mean, he drinks and he smokes, but that's kind of where it begins and ends. And he like punches he's, people. Well, and he punches people, but he punches well, the people who deserve it. He's got a temper. Yeah. And uh, my favorite thing about this character is that, like, he's, like, eight feet tall, bright red, and has this huge, long, prehensile tail, but he files down his horns so he'll fit in better. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to seem scary. Yeah, also, I mean, I would imagine it makes walking through doorways easier. I mean, I mean that too. Yeah, probably easier to put on a shirt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, he doesn't wear shirts often, but occasionally he gets rare, dressed. Yeah. Usually it's just a trench coat. <laughs> um, it's like I was saying to you guys earlier, it's been a while since I've I've watched the movies. Uh I I did go through and read reread a lot of the comics uh very recently. Um that being said, I I kind of watched a little bit of the first movie uh day before yesterday. And I just didn't get a chance to finish it. I, you know, <laughs> had errands and stuff to do around the house. But uh what threw me off and this is just kind of a little aside. Um Professor Broom in that I realized like when I first read the comics years ago when i first saw the movie i was very confused uh it turns out his name is like the the welsh spelling and pronunciation of it it's actually spelled b-r-u-t-t-e-n-h-o-l-m and i I remember seeing the movie initially i was like why the fuck did they change his name to broom and then when i was rereading them recently i was like oh I'm an idiot. <laughs> I get it now. Um, but that being said, uh, it is it is interesting while watching uh, the the movies to see how uh, Guillermo del Toro leaned into uh, a romantic relationship between uh, Hellboy and Liz, because that is non-existent in the comic books. Really, that is not a thing. Uh, Mike Mag- Mike Magnola created the character of Hellboy essentially to be a a cipher for the stories he wanted to tell. Um he's he is a, essentially like a walking MacGuffin. And uh That's one of her favorite words. Oh, well, you're welcome for that. <laughs> <laughs> MacGuffin. Uh, but uh he he uh he is essentially a walking MacGuffin. It's to showcase these creepy stories. Uh and he just happens to be the lens through which the audience partakes of it, um, which is which is cool. But then he does start to delve into a little bit of the whole right hand of doom and mm-hmm. uh, his background and all that. But slowly and surely, it's not. There's no real exposition for the character altogether because the I think Guillermo del Toro actually did a very good job of distilling a lot of the essence of the characters of the comics because they were just a series of mini series strung together. Um, just like one adventure to the next with just like tangential information given about the titular character. Um, whereas Guillermo del Toro realized like, no, I need to make him a protagonist. I need to give the audience something to connect with in him. Uh, and that's why you see him make a move towards Liz Sherman being the love interest for him. Uh, and moving forward from that. Uh, that being said, Mike Mignola, uh, he is a very 
particular talent insofar as his illustration and uh and writing he had a very he had very particular looks and designs for those characters yeah. and everything and uh I took issue no pun intended mm-hmm. with uh the character work character design work in Golden Army the movie part 2 um yeah versus the the actual designs that had started in the first movie and based on the comic book because clearly Guillermo del Toro in the Golden Army just said, fuck it, I'm Guillermo del Toro, I'll do whatever I want. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and he, he Tim Burton the shit out of it. Like, you watch Hellboy 2, the Golden Army, and there is no doubt whatsoever that that is a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, just like all the different things you see throughout the entire, uh, the entire like the the creature creations are just. And then you have incredible. the elves from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and what's what's that guy's name? Luke Goss. Yes. And just okay. Yeah, we get it. You like Luke Goss, man? Just stop. Yeah, because I was gonna say he was the the bad guy in Blade, Blade Two. Yeah. And, and but but a lot of it has like that same aesthetic to mm-hmm. it um and honestly one of the things that even in the first hellboy movie i i never really i never dug on was the like etching design in hellboy himself like on his arms and, and yeah. stuff i i never understood that it was a weird I choice get it. um but that's not but that was not a thing like i don't know um if they if felt you, it needed to be textured or? if you check out some of uh it's certain certain like supernatural things like um Clive Barker's Scarlet Gospels. Okay. The main character uh he's a paranormal investigator and essentially his entire body is covered with these different you know markings and tattoos uh, specifically designed to ward off evil. Okay. So as he, you know, a spirit can't sneak up on him and do certain things. So I'm thinking it's that type of aesthetic where these are, I mean, he is a demon, you know, maybe these are like some sort of protective spells that are mm-hmm. etched into him as a as a child, because he always had them. Yeah. And they're very similar to what we see, like, you know, the different languages and stuff like that, that they have. Okay. Why, you know, so that's the only thing I can think of is like, you know, because it's a supernatural thing, that's the only other place I've seen it is in that Clive Barker book. Yeah. Which came out long after Hellboy did. Oh well, but it may be another Clive Barker works. I don't know. I mean, th- that's reasonable. I, I it's just I'm not a big fan of having to go so far outside of a story to explain it. You know what I mean? Like if there's a reason for it, it should be within the confines of of what it is you're you're looking at or or reading or what have you. See, I don't I don't mind. Not having everything like spoon fed to you, it's like that's just that's just oh, my yeah, take yeah, on yeah, it, and that's and that's fine. I it mean, could be he just liked the way it looked, like Guillermo oh, del Toro I mean, liked the way. it I looked. I honestly think that's what it was. No, it, it probably is, yeah. but like when I'm looking at it because I have this frame of reference, I'm like, okay, this makes sense that he would have these yeah. different things inscribed yeah, but I, in I, his but flesh. I, but I think like that, you know, the stuff going down his arms and everything, like Guillermo del Toro saw, and he was like, "Muy bien, yes." <laughs> Like nice. Anyway, yeah, I digress. But yeah, I mean, like I said, that's the only thing I can think of as a reason. But 
again, it may just be an artistic choice. Mm, okay. You know, because we see similar things in uh, uh, what's it, the elf guy there? I forget his friggin' name already. Oh man, N- Nor Norlax. I don't know. <laughs> well, it wasn't the- Greg. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, that was <laughs> Mike. that was it. Pretty sure it was. was Mike. It, wasn't the wasn't the princess Nuala? It's, they were like very mm. similar names. Yeah, like, it was like gender like, swap names or something. Yeah, but he had you know the the was stuff. It in Nile. His- like N-I-A-L? Something. I'm going to have to look it up now. But he had <laughs> similar types of, like, you know, ritualistic scarring, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, like on his face. And, you know, there's a lot of civilizations that do Nuwada. Nuwada. Damn it. Nuwada and Nuala. Well, I had her name right. Yeah. And Jeffrey Tambor. And I had her name right, too. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a, there's a you know a lot of um, actually you see it in Pirates of the Caribbean like the main like the the the, the big black guy that's got all the bumps all over him mm. those are from ritualistic scarring from uh, like villages and 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 societies tribes that revere the crocodile and they're trying to make themselves look like the crocodile and it's a ritualistic scarring type thing. You. Okay. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It's never explained, which okay. I get where you're coming from. It's probably and it's probably an artistic choice, and that's why it's not explained. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's that's. I understand it's it's ninety eight percent. I'm sure it, it's just an artistic choice. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. So just fucking do it. Yeah, I get it. Um, it's just I don't know. Part of it. Is I I look at the source material and I'm like, oh man, like, like how badly did you just need to make this yours instead of like a uh, a collaboration between you and, and the person who created it? I think it's with Del Toro. He's such a gifted storyteller and he is really good at you know like creature design. Like he found something that he liked and he enjoyed. And he kind of just like, well, let me, you know, maybe like, I'm going to show my love for this by giving you my version of what I like. Like, I know what Mignola, Mignola does. It might be Mignola. I don't know. I, always, I've, I don't. I've been I've saying heard Mignola bo- I've since heard I was both. like seven. I've heard so. both on, and I've heard both from various comics. Mikey experts. Miggs. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> so if, you know, he's just like, see, the thing is, the way Hellboy looks in the comics, it's very hard to accurately translate that over. Because there's a lot of, like, angular. Well, I mean, and that's that's his style, right. too. Yeah. But that's that's the thing is, I actually think that looking at the, the trailer for the new movie... They've tried to get more towards that aesthetic. Yeah, I than definitely full think... on like square jawed Ron Perlman. You know, like you know, I do think it's funny that Guillermo del Toro, in trying to quote unquote humanize Hellboy a bit more, uh, he cast Ron Perlman as the main character and then turned Hellboy and Liz Sherman into Beauty and, Beauty the, Beast. and the Beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, he he's Vincent. And she's uh, Linda Hamilton's character. I yeah, I can't. Re- 
Shit. Yeah, Mike. look it up. <laughs> uh, she's b- beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Let me see. Uh, Ron Perlman. And let's see. He... Assistant District Attorney Catherine Chandler. Right on the tip of my tongue. Yep, it just rolls right off. Bell. So what what did you think altogether of, of both movies, Ashes? So I enjoyed them both um, for different reasons. I mean, each movie was, like the first one was kind of more of your typical um, comic book origin movie origin story yeah so you know i kind of had like a dark aspect to it but again like i really like the creature design i really i thought the acting was really well okay done um i enjoy ron perlman just in general yeah i I just think you know what i mean like so i i enjoy what i see him in well, I mean, he was he was clearly having a lot of fun. Well, and and that's the thing too. Like he, uh, the character of Hellboy comes across as being just kind of like a fun, carefree type of character. Um, in the second one, like I said, I really enjoyed the creature design. Uh, I have not seen Pan's Labyrinth, so oh, you haven't? I, no, I have not. <laughs> so, um, so you don't even know. I know. I I didn't and. Patrick was telling me, yeah, you know, a lot of the designs are very similar. Oh, like yes, you'll indeed. see this. Yeah. Um, and Doug, of course, Doug, Doug Jones. Jones Doug fawn? Jones is the pale man and the fawn and the fawn, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's both. Uh, fun. Uh, did you notice that uh, Abe Sapien's voice is different between the two movies? Because it's not yes. David Hyde Pierce anymore. Yeah, because it's actually Doug Jones, who played Speaking. Kelsey Grammer's brother in Frasier, Dom Periscope. <laughs> but, uh, but uh but yeah actually it was my, actually my, doug jones's voice yeah he, yeah he my favorite character act. was abe sapien he's awesome yeah films um i love the movie where he bangs sally hawkins i think he won an uh i think i think he won an oscar they won an oscar for that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. guillermo del toro presents Doug Jones in a really skinny costume. <laughs> but anyways, I did feel that the love story aspect of it was kind of off-putting at times. I liked Selma Blair. I think she's a fantastic actress, and I really liked her character. Mm. But I feel like it kind of, I don't know, it felt... A... Forced? Yes. Yes, especially in the first one. In the second one... um, you know, they they argued most of the time, and I feel like that was more true to yeah. their characters. All uh, right, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna murder you. <laughs> you want to live? She laughed a little see, too hard at that. You want to live to see thirty-eight in a day? <laughs> Keep it up, buddy. Can't be different from thirty-eight. <laughs> you have no idea. You, you probably won't find out. Keep it up. Yeah, I'm real but anyways, um, I find this character to be intriguing, and I really liked the cast of characters that they had. And I was kind of curious as to why they didn't do more films with that cast. Well, they had actually planned on doing a third movie after okay. the Golden Army, but they could not secure the funding for it. They couldn't secure the, the finances for it altogether. Uh, so after a while, it all just fell apart. People moved on to different projects, particularly Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when they finally made the choice, like, okay, we're going we're gonna, to like, reboot this. 
However, uh, I, I am excited that Neil Marshall is the director of this film uh-uh. because not only did he direct Dog Soldiers, which is you know a good movie except for the weird cow part, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but he directed one of the best Game of Thrones episodes, Blackwater. And if you are a Game of Thrones fan, you know... I am a Game of Thrones fan, but I don't know the names of episodes. Well, it's the battle on the Blackwater. Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah, episode, so man. Ju- they just call it Blackwater. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a great episode. So he's he's fairly talented when it comes to like you know that type of you know big expensive you know bombastic for lack of a better word uh, type of film. Okay, and I'm 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 very interested to see David Harbour's take. You know, from the trailer that I've seen, it's pretty good. Mm. Uh, I am very interested to see Mila Jovovich as the the main villain in this. Oh, good good job, by the way. Oh, pronouncing it yeah, correctly? Yeah, like no one ever says it right. I always remember it because Jovovich. she was, <laughs> yeah. she was on Last Call passed. with Carson Daly years ago, mm-hmm. and I had always said Mila Jovovich at that point, and she straight up said to him, like, that's not how my last name is pronounced. It's Jovovich. And he was like, oh, really? And she said, yeah, the best way to remember it is just say, yo, you bitch. <laughs> and I was like, Mila Jovovich, I got it. And uh, uh, looking up the cast right now, I mean, you've got Ian McShane as Professor Broom, which yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, some of these folks, Daniel Day Kim, who I loved in Lost. Yeah, that's the he's playing Daimo. 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 And uh, that's actually the character that Ed Screen was originally cast as for this movie. And when he found out that the character is supposed to be of Asian descent, he backed out of the film mm-hmm. immediately. Said, "You need to hire somebody who is Asian for Good this role." For him. Thomas yeah. Hayden Church, Christina Klee, oh, Brian Gleason, who looks, who looks more just like just like his dad. More like his dad than Domino, Domino yeah, I know. does. But Domino looks just like his dad. They but were both Brian, mother together. Brian looks exactly like Brandon oh, Gleason. Sophia Canedo. See, I don't. I'm not familiar with her. Um, she was. Oh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh, she was in this movie. It was a uh, Ace Ventura when was the princess, Nature Calls. She was the princess in Ace Ventura when Nature yep. Calls. But uh, she was in this movie with Sam Neill. It takes place in South Africa. It was based on a true story. Hotel Rwanda? No. Well, that also takes place Um, in Africa. Yeah. But not South Africa. Rwanda, maybe? Yeah. Okay, cool. Christopher Robin? (laughs) No, um... It was it was a movie with Sam Neill. Uh, and the thing is, they were... Sam Neill and his wife, they're an Afrikaner couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is during apartheid. And as it turns out, their family had been in... South Africa for a while uh, and somewhere along the lines on either both sides of their family skin skin that's the name of it yep um, they they had uh, African ancestors and the gene became recessive but because they both had the recessive gene it became dominant yep. and their daughter came out black but they had it because of apartheid they had to go through a whole rigmarole in the court system to have her registered as white. Mm-hmm. And then they had a son, and the same exact thing happened. But she ended up leaving, the like, giving up her white citizenship and marrying a, a, a black man and, like, foregoing, like, forsaking her and her family and all that stuff. But, like, it's a really, like, incredible movie and so 
fucked up. But she was great in that flick. If you ever get the chance to check it out, I recommend it. Yeah, she's she's in it. <laughs> she's she's in she's in the Hellboy reboot. I'm looking at some of these pictures, and it the set looks awesome. So I'm wondering if they're going to revisit Hellboy's origin story. It well, seems like it. Or I actually feel like they'll probably it's it's not even so much revisit it. Um, I feel like they'll probably delve more into it because it's an interesting story. At least from what I've I've read, anyways, it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes a while to get there if you've ever read the comics. Like I said, Hellboy's involvement in a lot of those stories is incidental. He's just he's just a MacGuffin. Um, but eventually, you come to find out that Hellboy is half human, mm-hmm. technically speaking. Um, he, his father was like a high ranking demon kind of thing, you know, big red horns, you know, a lot like Hellboy, just larger. And, uh, his mother was a witch in the anywhere from 14 to 1600s. And her name was Sarah Hughes. And as it turns out, even though she was a witch, Sarah Hughes had something very special about her lineage. She was, at that point in time, the last living descendant of Arthur Pendragon. Oh, interesting. So Hellboy is half demon and half human who is the last living descendant of Arthur Pendragon and therefore the only person who can wield and use Excalibur. That's very interesting. That I did not know. That's a good little tidbit right there. Yeah. And they're showing him in pictures, him holding a sword in the uh, movie poster here. Hmm. So, and there's a, I'm, as like I said, I'm looking through the pictures on IMDb. There's a picture of him with Alistair Petrie. And Alistair Petrie definitely looks like a knight of some sort. Yes, indeedy. He looks like he'd probably sit around some kind of circular table. He's got a uh, skull sigil on his uh, vestments. And he's holding uh, some kind of elk head. <laughs> some kind of elk head? Yeah, the dead kind. <laughs> <laughs> the removed kind. The dead kind of elk. Ashes, what else you got? Well, I've got a lot of stuff, but I'm not overly familiar with the character outside of the cinematic universe. Yeah. So, obviously, we know that he is this demon hybrid who comes to does he like so he is called upon like comes to earth well i know in the i don't know how close the movie origin is to his actual origin i mean it's the the way that he gets pulled into uh our realm is pretty much the same thing uh gregory rasputin he is working with the nazis although i can't remember the movie but in the comic books he he's playing the nazis for suckers yeah, I imagine. Mm, um, and it's the whole thing is actually called Project Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, his whole thing is like he, he wants to make Hellboy his servant. Like that's the whole reason he's calling him forward. Uh, but in the comics, they get they get more into it. It's It's not necessarily Hellboy that's going to bring about the end of the world. It's the right hand of doom that's supposed to bring about the end of the world. It doesn't necessarily have to be Hellboy that uses it. 
it could it can be somebody else. Yeah, because I noticed the fun and exciting like uh, steampunk hand that uh, Rasputin had at the, the beginning, beginning. Yeah, which was very reminiscent of the right hand of Doom. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in the comics, Rasputin dies within the first like. I don't know, six issues or something like that. Like, he's not really a factor for the rest of the the story altogether. He Hellboy uh, confronts him. He kills him. That's that. It, it, he's, he's kind of a presence for a very, very short time. Uh, and they stretch that into an entire movie, which is fine. Like, he made for an interesting villain, that's for sure. Um, I do think it's funny that the guy that they got they got to play Rasputin in the movie, uh, I believe, also played the evil Nazi trying to obtain immortality in the movie Bulletproof Monk. Possibly, I don't. That one I don't. I, I'm, I'm I'm aware of Bulletproof. You've Monk. not seen it? No, I'm aware of Bulletproof Monk. Oh, okay, I, yeah. Chow Yun Fat and uh, yeah, Sean William Scott, yeah, Jamie say. King. Um, it's a, that's another, uh, independent, Mr. Fantastic. (laughs) That's a, that was another independently published comic book. Um, it was a surprisingly fun movie. Not the best, but it's fun. Um, but yeah, uh, from, from that point, there's a lot of stuff involving, uh, Baba Yaga a lot more, uh, throughout the, the story of Hellboy. She, she's got a real mad on for him, uh, he he, and I was reading a chronological order of the books, which honestly I I feel left a lot of gaps in how it goes because I was reading omnibuses, and uh, I guess at some point he ripped her eye out, and so she's been like coming at him because she wants one of his eyes because he's like you know half demon and all that jazz, and it'll it'll like up the power that she had had initially anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but she basically becomes like his arch nemesis throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And that's, I think the main antagonist in, the, or at least that character is in the new oh, film. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I haven't really, I haven't really looked too much up about the new one. Cause I, I kind of want to go in fresh and I want to, yeah, I don't, I don't it. know much, but I, I'm just, you know, looking through the pictures and you know there's a picture of Baba Yaga. Oh that it looks yeah. really cool. That is that is cool. She riding around like a like a mortar kind of thing, you know? No, it looks kinda of like a Wendigo. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. I think. But uh yeah, it's I mean it's a it's a very it's a very interesting story altogether with the with the comics. Um, Guillermo del Toro, like I said, I think he did a very good job of distilling a lot of what made it fun altogether, uh, and and then just kind of like left a lot of what he felt was uh, boring, or yeah. or inaccessible to most audiences. Yeah, he wanted to tell the story without inundating them with like backstory and exposition. And... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not like the biggest uh, the biggest fantasy guy, but reading the comic books, I was just like. Oh my god. Please just make this stop. Like why do they keep making references to things that didn't haven't happened? Like yeah. just give me a fucking bone here, man. But yeah, I'm very I'm very interested to see how this one switches things up. Um 
I didn't see anybody cast as Liz Sherman, so I don't think that they're they're doing that. I think it's just going to be Hellboy as like the main paranormal character, and then just all his uh, human cohorts. Well, I think that's a good way to uh, cut down on uh, cost, on production cost too. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the uh, special effects necessary. To There's have only so many fish suits that that Doug Jones can wear. Is Doug Jones? I mean, that that's assuming they could even get Doug Jones. Oh, I'm sure they could. <laughs> you got David Harbor, and he's flying high. He's got he's got Stranger Things money. So, yeah, that sweet sweet Stranger Things money. Hey, Millie Bobby Brown got a two picture Godzilla deal. So. Too really, she's gonna be in Kong, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's uh, let's call it here. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll introduce our new battle and uh, preview of upcoming attractions. Ashes, you got anything else that you want to talk about, or is that it? And she's shaking her head. She's saying no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do you love a scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts at midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. Hello! This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too much during that that break, but uh, we do have some feedback. Uh, Wolf, if we can do that... Uh, that feedback that I sent you earlier. We have a, a nice message from our good buddy over uh, at Amalgamania, Justin Cooper, one half of the Justin versus Justin podcast. 
Uh, so he has some thoughts on Hellboy. So, Wolfie, if you please. Hello, Throwdown Thursday. This is your old pal Coop with some required reading for the character Hellboy. I just want to start out by saying that this is a deep and layered character that starts on many different stories, mostly short stories, and then builds upon those uh, to create a giant wor- uh, universe that uh, is just really amazing to behold. I want to start you out with The Corpse. It's a short story about eight pages, but it really leads to so much, and especially coming to the new Hellboy film. This is going to be an essential read. Followed by The Iron Shoes. This will be another one. Then um, you want to read The Baba Yaga. This is um, essential. Um, These three stories are absolutely essential when you get to the new movie. Then there's The Chained Coffin. And finally, The Wolves of St. August. Just if you like a really cool werewolf story. Um, Just very awesome. Great character. The depth and things that they build upon start from the very beginning of the character and they go all the way through all the stories that you read. I'd also like to uh, suggest taking a look at the Hellboy Book Club podcast uh, for an in-depth review of each story. That would be a great resource for you. Thank you very much, Throwdown Thursday. This is your pal Coop. Check me out on Justin vs. Justin or you can check me out on uh, Malgamania, and um, have a great day, guys. Thank you, Coop. Coop was uh, the gentleman who was basically instrumental in creating the uh, the Captain Marvel contest that we had. Oh, so that was that was uh, his brainchild. Cool, cool, cool. Which is really cool. So uh, we do have one other piece of feedback uh, from our our good friend Riku. Uh, Riku sends in an email, and he actually uh, his email covers char- the character from last week and this week. So he says, Shazam is one of those characters I only grew to like in my adult years. He is the fantasy of most kids, suddenly discovering you can instantly transform into an adult with superpowers. Good stories with him explore the fact that he's really a kid in an adult's body, which we touched on last week. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I love the Del Toro Hellboy movies. Hell, even the two animated movies were good. Hellboy is a badass with a big fuck gun and a bigger fuck off arm. There's not much more to say. Much love, Riku. Yeah, I mean, and that does sum him up. You know, big fucking gun, fucking hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a Hellboy as a character, and and this isn't a bad thing. He's a blunt instrument. Yeah, like the Hulk, for the most part, uh, a bit more personality. Yes, you know, uh, one of the one of the things that he says in the comics, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm paraphrasing it essentially, but. Um, somebody says something to him about, you know, wanting to find out more about these things that he's always getting thrown into. And he says, no, I like not knowing. I'm fine with not knowing. I sleep good not knowing. I just go in and do my job, and that's that. That's essentially what the character is. He just wants to go in, do the thing that he was raised to do by Professor Broom, and then go home. Yeah. So, Ashes, do you have any other uh, final thoughts? No. <laughs> okay. So, next week, Brandon, you will be back mm-hmm. along with a slew of other guests. We may have a tiny scurvy German with us. Yes. Um, Wait, so are we all going to assemble? <laughs> we're going to assemble, <laughs> but uh, this might be the final time because it is. we are in the end game now. Ooh. So we will be discussing our thoughts. such a good title. Our thoughts and our predictions for uh, Endgame. Actually, the next two episodes, that's what it's going to be. Because, again, it's going to be just like Thanos, the Hands of Fate from last year. Avengers Friend Game. Avengers Friend Game. Oh, that's good. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Avengers. And that's going to be our title. (laughs) 
friend game. <laughs> so, yeah, so join us next week when we talk about that. Uh, but before we go, we do have one last thing. What's our last thing, Ashes? We get a battle. We have a battle this week. And I'm I'm actually kind of proud of this one. I came up with this one this week. Usually it's Ashes no, coming no, up no, with no. stuff. You didn't come up with the whole thing. You came up with half. Hmm. And then well, I came up with stuff. And then we put it together. I definitely came up with the location. Hmm. You did come up with the location. And we and you, knew we knew we wanted to have Hellboy facing off against somebody. Yeah. And we talked about a bunch of things and you came up with uh, a good a good call on who he should face off because my original thought was like Scooby and the gang or like the Stranger Things kids. Zoinks. But uh, in that vein, I was like, who the hell else is like a paranormal investigative team? And you said, I'll I'll say it once the battle music plays and we announce the battle. Oh yeah, we the have to Winchester do that. Brothers. We have to do the throwdown theme. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Wolfie. So, you were close. What did you say? So, this new battle... For this week, we have Hellboy and the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense versus the Winchester Boys. <laughs> yeah, but including their dad, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. In Pet Cemetery. Hmm. That's where the battle takes place. So just their dad, not their mom, too? I don't know anything about their mom. Oh. Well, you're probably better off then. I think I've seen three episodes oh, well, like ee, 10 is, years ago. That is the tiniest percentage of that show. I know. It's been around for uh, a long time. Yeah. They're, well, I mean, their mother was like the impetus of them all doing their thing. But Mary Winchester does come back much, much later in the series. But uh, she's, as my opinion, she sucks. So I was just curious. But yeah, that's a that's a good call. Just, just the boys. Just the just, just the boys. boys. Yep. All right. I'm sorry for trying to be in, be inclusive. My my bad. <laughs> Jeffrey Dean and Sam and Dean. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get, is he gonna have a barbed wire have a, wrapped? Bag? No, he's gonna have a giant uh, celery stalk, and he's like, "Hi, I'm vegan." Ooh. Oh my. <laughs> that was that was good, man. <laughs> it was a meme I saw a while ago and so, I just quoted. So Hellboy and the BPRD. No, just just Hellboy. Just Hellboy by himself. He doesn't Cuz if you include the whole bureau, that's like tons of agents, other like okay, so, fish guys. So Hellboy. Yeah, just, just I think just and, Hellboy. The Winchester fellows in Pet Cemetery, yes. which is right down the road. Yeah. You don't want to go down that road. Don't go down that road. Who doesn't love Fred? Yes. Right? What? What? You look like you wanted to say something. I want to go home. I'm fucking tired. Okay. So 
That's our battle for this week. <laughs> Join us next week when Brandon comes back with a whole bunch of friends and leave your feedback, any predictions, thoughts, expectations you have for uh, Avengers Endgame. Where can they leave feedback? Uh, Throwdown Thursday Podcast at gmail.com, the Facebook page, uh, TD Thursday Pod on Twitter, at Miss Von Nightmare on Twitter, and at Patrick Rahal on Twitter. And until next time, we will see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>